Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Brabber. And this is Nerd Sesh. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on Donate? What? Charles Darwin. All right. Well, Logan, we checked the calendars, and the calendars brought very good news. They said it is time for the 19th edition of Trivia Time. Now, unfortunately, I was very excited to do this one in person with a live audience on YouTube and Twitter for the first time. We'll have to save that one for later because we have to do this one over Zoom. But nevertheless, it is a very, very exciting opportunity to do some trivia with you. For those of you who aren't familiar, who haven't listened to a Trivia Time previously, the format is simple. I ask Logan 15 NFL history questions. He does the same for me with the NBA. And then at the very end, I will ask him a bonus question in which I prompt him to name a quarterback from a random team post-2005, and it is always very challenging, but he does very well on them. So, Logan, I'm going to ask you the first question of the day. Pretty straightforward. One player holds the record for receiving yards and touchdowns in a single postseason. Who is it? Larry Fitzgerald. There you go. Probably the easiest question of the day, but I thought we had to get one in there because it is widely expected that Larry is going to retire ahead of the coming season, and I wanted to pay props to one of the goats, of course, and a guy with an incredible achievement there, but you got that one very easily, Logan. Well done. Yeah. Shut up my Steelers for Dustin Larry in the Super Bowl, though, as we, as we do. 546 yards and seven touchdowns for Larry over four games. Just ridiculous. Yeah, he was outstanding in that stretch. I have got a pretty simple one for you, Carson, to start out. Who had the highest plus-minus of the 2000s? So this is total, right? Total, yes. All right, so there's a few no-brainer candidates. Obviously, you have to think San Antonio Spurs first. So you think Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Now, Duncan has the advantage because he was out there earlier than those guys. He has the full decade on his resume, was incredibly healthy. So it's tough for me to think of a better candidate than him. At the same time, though, I would think there's probably somebody, maybe a Bruce Bowen type, a consistent role player for those Spurs Maybe a Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know. Those Mavs teams were crazy consistent and definitely a lot better with Dirk on the floor than off it, whereas the Spurs were maybe a little better equipped to survive with Timmy D out. Is it one of the obvious answers I've laid out there, or is it someone completely off the board? 
I don't. I think it's pretty obvious. All right, I'm going to go Tim Duncan. Perfect. I mean, he has it over uh, by over 800, and you named out basically everybody that's up here as well. Dirk is at second with 4.7 thousand. Uh, Nash 4.1 thousand. And it's weird that you say Bruce Bowen because Bowen's actually 11th on this, right behind Michael Finley. Uh, funnily mm-hmm. enough, another spur and also a Mav. So if you were attached to those two guys, you were probably doing pretty well. Thank God. I thought that was a pretty obvious one, but then I started to overthink because I was like, would Logan ask this question? But indeed you did. Shout out to Timmy D, one of the absolute greatest of all time. All right, Logan, now we're ramping it up. So at one point in NFL history, there was a four-year stretch in which zero Hall of Famers won MVP. When was it and who were they? And if you get stuck, I can tell you actually when it was and you'll just give me the four guys. This is, this is a gnarly question. Very strange. A historical oddity for sure. On the NBA side, for example, every MVP is in the Hall of Fame with the exception of maybe Derrick Rose. We'll see if he gets in. But a little different on the NFL. Four straight non-Hall of Famers. Okay, so are we considering like, we're not saying like recent, the past few years. Correct. I should say people who are, are, who are already eligible for the Hall of Fame and are not in. So it's, it was a while ago. Okay, so now my line of thinking has drawn me directly to Mark Mosley um, because he's okay. a kicker. So I just naturally assume, I don't know if Mark's in the Hall of Fame or not. I don't think he is. So I got to think it's got to be that four-year stretch, him included. Um, Very sound thinking. What was Mosley, like 82, 83? Okay, so um, for Kenny Anderson is the other one. Boom, 81. So what, there's two more to go? Two more. You've got the bookends missing, 80 and 83. Boomer Esiason. (laughs) Boomer was later in the decade. He was 88, although he is another non-Hall of Fame MVP. Man, this is is honestly one of my favorite uh, questions in trivia time history. No lie, Carson. Well, I'm glad to hear it. 83, 84. Um, 80 and 83. What. 80 and 83. Okay. I am struggling for names right now. So I'm getting my bearings. 80 is like when Terry Bradshaw goes down. Steelers just won the Super Bowl. Who is Jim Plunkett? Not Plunkett. It's a guy who you like to pay some homage to historically. Not like a crazy nerd sesh fan favorite, but a guy you've definitely talked about plenty of times. Riggins. No. Who won? Okay, I like to show love stick to with him. that line of thinking, though. Not even the guy who I was talking about, but stick with that line of thinking. I want to get this. I'm, I'm strapped for names, Carson. I think I might have to throw in the towel here. You want one fun fact first? Sure, I would love one. Plunkett was actually the comeback player of the year in 1980. Had a great season. They were 9-2. and two. But, all right, you sure you want me to give him to you? I'll throw out, um, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I'll throw out Phil Sims. No, not Sims. And uh, I'll go ahead. Okay, so the answer, 1980 was Brian Sipe. In 1983, this is why I was trying to tell you to stick with the line of thinking, Joe Theismann. That's frustrating. I knew... I knew Sipe. I had like a, um, my dad had an old Brian Sipe MVP card, actually. Mm-hmm. So that is honestly a little deeply infuriating, but excellent question. That's crazy. That there's a stretch like that, that it just exists in NFL history. Very strange indeed. Kind of that transitional period, if you will, between the 70s dynasties and then the 80s dynasty, really the Niners, of course. But 
There you go. All right. What do you got for me? So we are actually going to go with another award here. Carson, can you name the three finals MVPs with the lowest point per game marks in those series? Great question. Phenomenal question, in fact. First thought, Wes Unseld. And uh, I think I'm going to guess that right off the bat. So Wes is number one, obviously 1978. He put up nine points per game, nearly 12 boards, and just under four assists. Uh, Two more to go. Okay. So, I think about Cornbread Maxwell. Now, he's up around 18 a game. That might not be low enough to get you there. Kawhi, honestly, probably enters the discussion. I'm trying to think what Chauncey did in 04. He's probably a little bit above this threshold. Ooh, Bill Walton in 77. I wonder, just because, obviously, he didn't have to necessarily establish himself as a scorer every single time out. So, there's a few non-scoring leaders here. Obviously, Bill Russell would have made a very strong case if they had had finals MVPs. I'm sure he would be populating this list thoroughly with his 11 titles. I'm trying to think. Wilton 72 didn't score that much. I don't know if he was below this threshold, though. I feel like I've thrown out a lot of good names. So I've got at least a foundation. You definitely have thrown out um, some good names. Funnily enough, though, Carson, you have not mentioned either uh, number two or number three. Fascinating. Okay. I did not expect that at all. All right. So let's just go sort of decade by decade. 2000s. Obviously, it's not going to be any of the Kobe Shaq years. It's not going to be Dwayne Wade. It's not going to be any of the big three members from the Celtics. It's not going to be a Spur. Actually, Duncan in 05... Didn't have a great series statistically, but I think his number is probably still too high. Could you tell me the number of the person with the highest total out of this group so I can get centered there? Yes, of course. Uh, 16.3 is the highest mark. So Duncan was above that. Okay. So now let's move back through history. 90s. Anybody in the 90s who could fall below that? Not that I can think of. I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay. Now let's think about magic. Magic in 87? Magic in 80. No, not magic in 85. He didn't win it in 85. You are, you are inching there, Carson. It's a magic year, though. Yes. Okay. So magic won it in 80 and 82. So 82. 82 is the year, 16.2 points per game, nearly 11 boards, eight assists a night. You've got one more, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised that this is the final guy that you're getting to. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I wonder why that is. And uh, I want to give some context to some of your other guys. Uh, Duncan was putting up 20.6, actually, in 05. Okay. Um, close to that mark. Um, and then... Cornbread uh, Maxwell is at 17.7. He's actually fifth on this list, uh, but you've got uh, one more to go. And it's funny, one guy missed the mark just by 0.1 points uh, with 16.4. Wow. So it's not Kawhi. I already said his name, and I think he was at like 18. He's definitely still towards the bottom of this list, but let's look back. So it's only 1969 and on. 70s. Willis Reed? That is the guy I was alluding to at that four spot with 16.4. Okay. Ah, 
I was about to say Dave Cowens, but he didn't win one. It was Havlicek and Jojo White. Jojo White? I don't think so. He's Carson, getting buckets. Come on. The way that you're talking about that. Dude, it is going to smack you in the jaw. It's going to smack you in the jaw, man. Okay, I can't wait to be smacked in the jaw by it. I'm working through the decade, man. I'm getting there. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Okay. Is it a Celtic then? Is that what Bruh. the hint is here? It's not Larry Bird. I'm confused here. I'm, I'm going to let you work through this. It's not a big three member because Pierce was getting buckets in that series. All right. I'm just going to climb through the late 80s. Is it Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> Bro, what? Okay, I've so clearly danced around it here. I was talking about the mid-70s Celtics, and I was apparently insanely close. No, it's not. No, no, no. It's, it's No, no, no. Okay. I, I'm not saying that you were close here. I'm saying you were so far off base, Carson. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. That's where I like to be. Man. How could I be so far off? You're just making a face at me. I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to get there. Don't worry. This All is right, brutal I, to watch. All right, I'm just going to go through every finals MVP ever, and then we'll see if we can get there. 21st century, it can't be anybody. All right, I'm confident about that. Okay, I'm clearly wrong, so I'm not confident about that at all. All right, we're going to go year by year. 2020, LeBron, 2019, Kawhi, 2018 and 2017, KD. What? We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> 2016, LeBron. 2015, Andre Iguodala. All right. Jeez, Louise, that took me long enough. Wow. Oh, my God. Worst finals MVP ever. I'm sorry. That's such I thought a he was, decision. I thought he was going to be the first guy off the bat for you. So ridiculous. I was thinking about just all-time great players. That was a little bit frustrating. At least I got there. If I had literally just gone back chronologically, though, I would have gotten there in 30 seconds. So maybe next time that should be my strategy. I'll go through every single year. All right. Good question, Logan. I'm a little upset that I didn't get it sooner, but I've got another fun one for you here. Which three quarterbacks in NFL history have defeated all 32 teams at least once? Um, so obviously they couldn't have spent their, you know, the majority of their time with a franchise or, you know, with uh, one franchise. So I don't think it's Brady. I don't think Brady's beaten the Pats yet. Um, Peyton is going to be my first guess because I'm pretty sure he did it. Peyton is on there. Uh, Brett Favre is going to be the second guy. Brett Favre is on there. Huh. Um, I'll go Drew Brees then because uh, he makes sense. Boom. Three for three. Very nicely done. I thought that Maybe Breeze or Peyton would slip your mind just because obviously they played in two locations, but only for a few years in San Diego for Breeze and then Denver for Peyton. But very well done. That was easy yeah. high. Breeze was a late pull because I don't know. I, I genuinely forget about his time uh, with San Diego. Mm -hmm. It just completely slips the mind. Um, Carson, my next one is my favorite form of question to ask here on Nerd Sesh. Can you name the three teammates of Pistol Pete's to average 20 points per game alongside him. Lou Hudson. Ding, ding, ding. Now it gets a little bit tougher. <laughs> okay, so let's think. Jazz, it's actually not that tough, though. This isn't he had to average 20 points per game as well, right? It's not a Carl Malone kind of question. Yes, it is, but he, uh, okay. he had two guys in Utah that he did it with as well. Okay, I was going to guess Bird because in his Celtics years, Bird would have averaged it, but he obviously didn't average it couple of Utah guys, man. So I don't think he overlapped with Dantley at all. Dantley got there in what, 82? 
Pistol Pete would have been gone by then, I think. So I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a little bit of a hint here because I okay. think that this is like you know who both of these guys are. They're just kind of hard to pull just right out of a hat. Um, okay. This one of these guys was an answer to a uh, question on last trivia time. Interesting. I almost worry about using these hints because sometimes they make me overthink things. But New Orleans Jazz players of the '70s. Hmm. There weren't many great ones. I'm kind of spacing right now completely. An answer to one of the questions last time around. Okay. Well, when I think of a jazz question, I think of Mr. Jeff Malone. That's not going to be the answer this time around. Oh, I don't know if I remember well enough. It's been a month. I might need to just not get keyed in on that. But honestly, I don't know if I'm going to get there another way. What years did this happen? Um, so one of it happened, uh, actually both of these guys did it in 1979 with, uh, Elgin Baylor at the helm. Really? So three 20 point per game scores in the same season, Pete, and then both of these guys. Fascinating. Oh man. I want to get this so badly. And funnily enough, the guy that was an answer to the question last time was on this team. I mistakenly uh, said he was on a different one though. Okay. I think that means it's Truck Robinson. Then good pull. The second one, I don't think of him with the Jazz at all, though. I was about to say Calvin Natt, but I don't think you would think of Calvin Natt much at all. (laughs) Okay, so that means a historically significant player. And now it's just which end of their prime were they on? Were they trending upwards or were they trending downwards? Don't tell me, but that's what I have to kind so of this figure guy, out. So this guy's, an, this guy's an NBA champion uh, as well. Interesting. All right, a lot of hints that should help me work my way towards this now. An NBA champion. Okay. So uh, that means very possibly that he was a champ in the 80s or, Logan, you look very surprised about something. Not only was he an NBA champion, he was an NBA champion the next season after doing this with Pistol Pete. Okay, well, that kind of helps because that means he was a Laker. So let's just think about Lakers who would have averaged 20 a game. I keep thinking of Jamal Wilkes for some reason, but he was... (laughs) Go ahead. This guy was not putting up uh, 20 a night with the Lakers. He was right. He, he like he went from 40 minutes a night with New Orleans to 20 with uh, Los Angeles. Okay, so it's not Wilkes. I'm pretty sure he just played for the Warriors and the Lakers. I don't know why his name kept popping up in my head, but it's not Jamal Wilkes, right? No, it is not. So a guy who went from 40 to 20. All right. Well, who was on that roster? Let's just run our way down. I wish I could envision the position as well, but I can't get that many hints. I've already gotten way more hints than I deserve at this point. A player on the 80 Lakers, though, who was also putting up 20 a game with the Jazz. Come on, man. I got one more hint for you if you want it. I'll take it, honestly. A former ABA MVP. Oh, my God. All right. There's no reason for me not to get this. A former ABA MVP. Man, 
Louis Dampier. Tremendous guess. It is not Dampier. <laughs> I have no idea if he ever played for either of those teams. What's the name of the guy who was with the Pacers who uh, won those couple MVPs? He was the answer to one question, but I still can't remember his name just because he was never a good NBA player. So I'm going to guess he never averaged 20 a game in the NBA, actually. Other ABA MVPs. Wait, is it Marvin Barnes? Interesting guess. It is not Marvin. I don't think he was ever an ABA MVP. I just thought he played for the Lakers at one point. This is a tough one, man. Mm. ABA MVPs. There's only 10 of them or whatever. So I should be able to get it. But for the sake of time, I honestly might throw in the towel. All right, I'll give you one more just because I want to see you get it. Uh, I think of him with with the Sonics. You think of him with the Sonics, but he wasn't a champion on the Sonics, right? Because he was a champion the year after this in 80. Do you think of him with the Sonics from before or after this? Before. Oh, my God, but he wasn't on the championship team? Downtown Freddie Brown, he was on the championship team. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give it to you. Yeah. Spencer, Spencer Haywood, Dude, 19... 19- I'm so angry. I thought about guessing Spencer Haywood. I'm so angry. Literally, right after I said Marvin Barnes, I was going to say Spencer Haywood. Why did I not guess Spencer Haywood? That sucks. I'm an idiot. Take away these my are the que- card. <laughs> these are the questions we are left with uh, after trivia time. So, yeah, 1970 with the Denver Rockets, then goes to Seattle. Averages 20 points per game in the one season with Pistol Pete, then wins a championship uh, with the Lakers the next season. That was a brutal one, Carson. How many times in the history of trivia time have I guessed Marvin Barnes for a question and not also guessed Spencer Haywood? They're synonymous in my mind because they're dudes who put up like 30 and 20 in the ABA and then were never that level in the NBA. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to follow it up with it. That just sucks because I literally was about to. I was seconds away. I hate trivia time. All right, Logan. Can you name the five players in NFL history to top 18 receiving touchdowns in a single season? Mm, another excellent question. So, Jerry Rice. Yep. Randy Moss. Yep. All right, how many total? There's three more. Wow. Um, I Gronk? No, he had 17 in 2011. Mm, okay. Now it gets kind of, this is a weird one. I don't think this is right. It's not Brandon Marshall, is it? Nope. No, I don't know. I don't know why. I just <laughs> he has the record for catches in a single game. Not a eighteen. I'm still thinking about Spencer Haywood. I mean, AB didn't do it, did he? No. For whatever reason, I think of Spencer Haywood as a Nick. Man, Carson, I'm this is really this. messing you up, man. Yeah, I'm still on this. <laughs> Okay, I gotta get, I gotta get my thoughts moving here. Where? Good news is you can't mess up as badly as I just did. Carson, you are beating yourself <laughs> up, man. I mean, all right. So I don't, I don't think Calvin did it in his big year. I think he caught like three TDs. I need to think of. Man, after the after I missed Gronk, it just kind of threw me off. Recenter yourself. You can get these. Although, obviously, the three remaining are tougher. I'll give you a hint. 
One was very, very, very recent. Very recent. Um, yes. Oh, it was Devontae, wasn't it? Devontae did this year. Yeah, dude, easy to forget about that. That man has been mm-hmm. outstanding. Sure okay, has. So two more. I'm not going to guess something like uh, I don't think Julio did it. Um, God, I'm just thinking of Chris Carter right now. Chris Carter was never that premier red zone threat. Great receiver. Well, he's up there all time in the touchdown list. He's not the answer, but I think he has, what, 118 touchdowns or something? He's got a pot. I know he's got to use part of the 1,000 uh, catch club. Wow. And actually, he did have a 17-touchdown season. Three-time league leader in touchdowns, but not 18. All right, I'm going to throw out a weird one. I'm going to just throw out Harold Carmichael. I don't know why. No. That is not correct. Harold Carmichael was massive, though, so 6'8". I guess that <laughs> informs the decision. It's two guys who are pre-2000, at the very least. I'll tell you that. T.O. No. Rod Smith. No. All right, pre-2000. Let's think back. Um, I don't think... I don't think... Tony G. No. Why did you not listen when I said pre-2000? I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of... (laughs) I thought of Kellen Winslow because of the pre-2000, and I go, dude, Tony uh-huh. G would be a great, be a great <laughs> answer. Um, Sterling Tony, never did it, did he? Sterling did do it in 1994. Okay. All right. Come on. One more. One more. Probably the least memorable out of this quintet. But not impossible. Um, okay. So pre 2000s, thinking of some nineties guys, Irvin would never have done it. Um, think even earlier than that. So just a smidge. I think about the eighties. Um, all I can think of it is John Taylor right now. And, uh, Roger Craig. Neither. Surprising. I really thought they would have been solid yeah. candidates. Um, man. Hey, you should guess Spencer Haywood just to be safe every time. Is it, is it Spencer Haywood? No, it's actually not. It's, stop pulling my leg. No, it's not Spencer Haywood. He played actually in the NBA and ABA. He didn't play football. He was tall, though. He would have been a great red zone threat. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am struggling to think of, of wideouts from this, from this period of time. Um, I'm going to throw it in. Who is it? The answer is Mark Clayton in 1984. Actually, the first man to ever break this threshold. He had 18, of course, in that phenomenal Marino season. But he did pretty well. He got four of the five. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super disappointed. I am mad that we've ranked, like, the best individual QB seasons. And we've literally been over that page in pro football Mm -hmm. reference. But I digress. Uh, Pretty good, Sean. Great question. Thank you. Carson, I've got another one. I think you can fare much better on this one. Can you name the three teammates of AIs to average 20 points per game alongside him? Dude, these questions are so awesome, and I love them. Keep them coming. Number one, Carmelo Anthony, obviously. Correct. He did it with Melo in 08 and 07, and uh, he did it with another guy in the previous season before going to Denver. 
back in 06, eh? Interesting. Who was getting buckets with the Sixers? I'm not going to key in on that one year right now because uh, did Stackhouse do it alongside AI ever? I am so glad you pulled him out because my hint for that was going to be that he has been the answer to a question exactly like this in the past. Stack did it with him in his rookie year, and he put up 20.7 nice. alongside him. So now you can key in on that one year. Probably the most inefficient scoring backcourt of all time. Okay, now I do need to key in on that one year. I didn't really buy myself any time there. The 06 Sixers, not a great team. Not a great team at all. But there was a bucket alongside AI there. I got to get this. I got to get back on the horse here. Let's go a nice three for three to start things off. Man, this is a weird one. I'm not going to guess it. Maybe I will, though. Antonio McDice? I mean, I like the, I like the spirit of the guess. Um, it is not Thanks, McDice, man. though. Did he ever even play for the Sixers? Yeah, McDice, uh, McDice was he there. Did? I'm pretty sure I'm going to, I'm going to confirm. Right. Yeah. Confirm that for me. I'm just thinking of other Sixers of the two thousands, not Elton brand. He was in uh, LA this year. Still. I'm 98% um, sure. I would like to inform our viewers that Antonio McDice did not in fact uh, play mm -hmm. for yeah, <laughs> Philly. That doesn't shock me, man. All right. Who was getting buckets with AI? I really don't know. What position was this feller? Uh, same as McDice, funnily enough. Okay, a big man. A big man getting buckets. Well, I mean, I would consider, I would consider this guy. Yeah, he's a big man. I would consider him to be a four um, okay. moreover, though. Okay. Center yourself, Carson. <laughs> and think. Fours of the 2000s who are not Rashard Lewis and who are not who else was getting buckets from the four in this decade? Ah, uh, it's it's like funny to get it. I mean, like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to mislead you, but like, I don't think of him as like. When I think of like late 2000s, I don't really think of this guy. This guy's prime was, you know, kind of the other way. Okay. All right. Center yourself, Carson. You can do it. And you, I, I think you remember, I don't know. It was a pretty big deal that AI was getting this guy in this time period. Oh, man. Oh, five, oh, six. What was happening around the league? We had Shaq with the Heat. They made the finals. And won the title over the Dallas Mavericks, who play in Texas. I'm trying to create a sort of map here, like this is a movie and I'm going to get there, but it's obviously not going to happen. I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't think I'm going to get it. Arson, yeah. Come on, man. I'm off to a cold start, man. The thoughts aren't coming to me. Chris Weber. That's so annoying. This is a terrible start for me. This is a terrible start. Oh, my gosh. 
It's my Bill Walton saying, oh my gosh. All right, you know what? We're just going to keep it moving, and I'm going to start hitting some dingers here soon enough. All right, Logan. Who was the first quarterback in NFL history to have 3,000 yards passing in their rookie season? And I'll just say it. I thought Weber was too washed. He didn't even occur to me. It's funny that you say that because I thought that was going to be the instance originally as well because in his first season with Philadelphia, he only put up like 14. And then the second season with Philadelphia, he ends up going for like 21 a night, which kind of blew me away. I've looked it up. Shooting 43% from the field. He was washed. I don't care what the numbers say. All right. Do you remember the question I asked you? Yes. Um, okay. First quarterback to throw for 3,000 yards in their rookie season. Um, it's just interesting to kind of think about what time period. I mean, it's got to be the uh, – I mean, I think it would have to be like the 80s or something. Like, I know they weren't slinging the ball down the field then as much as they were now, but uh, my Solid guess is going to be – I mean, my guess is going to be Marino. Not Marino. Am I in the right time period, though? Very much so. All right, so let's think of some guys around this time. I'll go. Uh, I'll throw out your boy Brian Sype. Not Brian Sype. Um, Marino actually only threw for twenty two hundred as a rookie because he only started nine games, so his pace was solid. He would have done it if he played a full sixteen game season. That's crazy. Um, Montana. No. Steve DeBerg. No. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I flexed. That was for sure Steve DeBerg was going to hit. When you don't know about a QB, man, just yell out Steve DeBerg. Sometimes it'll bang for you. Um, Good call. All right, so I'm going to think a little further. Maybe I'll uh, I'll go Elway. Not Elway. Jim Kelly. Wow, that's a really good guess. Kelly is the second guy to ever do it. Ken O'Brien. No. Todd Blackledge. No. I love that um, you're sticking with the 83 quarterbacks, though. Um, so don't be Rogan. deceived by that, though, because Kelly did it in 86 because, of course, he didn't come to the NFL right away. So he was 26 years old as a rookie when he did it. This is, this, is this one of them little sneaky Carson Rubber questions? I don't know about are, that. Are, are, are you leading me to guess Warren Moon here? Is that a guess? I'll go Warren Moon. It's a correct guess. It is indeed Warren Moon who did it in 84 with 3,338 yards, but of course 28 years old. And then the first real rookie to do it in some ways, who do you think that was? For bonus I'm sorry, repeat it. The first real rookie in the sense that he wasn't 28 or 26. Um, a long time after these two. A long time? Over a decade. Peyton. It was Peyton Manning in 98 with 3,739. Well done, Logan. You got there, and you hit a dinger. And now I'm going to hit a bunch of home runs consecutively. I'm about to no, get Carson, a No, Carson, you, you threw me the lob. I felt like a LeBron and Lola Bunny in Space Jam 2. <laughs> Can't wait to see that. <laughs> Carson, um, pretty straightforward one here. What franchise has the worst winning percentage in NBA Finals games? Ooh, good one. Very good one indeed. Man, so I'm just trying to think about perennial losers in the Finals. Okay, this is going to be my first guess, and it might not be a great guess, but I'm thinking about the 70s Bullets. Obviously, that would be the Wizards as a franchise because although they haven't been back in a very long time since 79, they lost three out of four 
Now, the thing is, I think that they won via sweep in 78 and they lost in like seven and 79. But I also think in 71, they got pretty much swept or they lost in five or something. So I'm going to guess the Wizards. I don't know. They are actually second on this. It was a great line of thinking. They are 25% uh, in their games, five of 20 to be exact. The other franchise uh, at the one spot, 14% lower at 11% in their finals games. Wait, wait, wait. They've only won five finals games? Yeah. Really? So I must have been tripping then. Maybe I got 78 and 79 confused. Maybe they won really closely in 78 and lost convincingly in 79. So they won in 7 in 78? Okay, so I did get them flipped. And then if this lag wouldn't hit me, I'd be able to tell you exactly. Yeah, they lost in 5 against the Sonics in 79. So so I got those two flipped. Okay. I can't believe there's a team that's worse than that. I mean, I was going to actually say the Sonics slash Thunder because they've lost in... Oh... I thought I had another idea. I'm just thinking about teams that have been there multiple times and lost. So I thought Sonics because 2012 as the Thunder and 96. But I think that they're going to be a little too high up there, even though they're one and three as well. I'm thinking Jazz because never won it, but they lost in six and 97 and 98. And those are their only two finals appearances. So that's too good. Man. So, uh, I'm thinking the Suns, maybe? Let's think that one through. So, 76, they get there in 93, they lose. But I think those are the only two times they've been there. Man. I uh, I want to apologize, uh, not to mislead people. So, the Bullets uh, slash Wizards are actually third on this list. There are two franchises above them. Unbelievable. Okay. All right. I've got it. Oh, it just came to me like a gift from God, Logan. And now I'm back on the horse. The magic, baby, because they got swept and then they lost in five. That is exactly correct. One out of nine in their attempts, 11.1%. And then the New Jersey Nets, who are two in uh, two out of 10 lifetime for 20% are in second. I'm glad it came to you, though, Carson. A little bit of nice little magic there yourself, buddy. Yeah. I was just surprised that there was a team that was worse than only five wins and four appearances, but indeed there was, and it was the poor Orlando Magic, who, by the way, looking a little feisty these days. I kind of like what they got going on. I don't know. All right, Logan, this is a very straightforward one. Since 1930, and I've only made that the criteria because there's a coach from the 20s who I haven't heard of, and I wouldn't want to try to make you guess him, which NFL coach has the highest career winning percentage? Bill Belichick. Nope. Um, what's that guy's name, bro? Uh, LaFleur. No. How is it not LaFleur? Maybe he doesn't qualify. Maybe that's what it okay. is. Okay. I'll check um, what the football reference criteria is on that. McVay. No. I, I don't think it's like any of the... I don't think it's Shula, although I'll throw him out there. Not Shula. Is it Marty Schottenheimer? It is not. Uh, I'm assuming playoff record is included. 
I was not including playoff record. Okay. Then, oh, is it Mike Tomlin? It's not Mike Tomlin. All right. So let's good regular season coaches. Um, so I'll just shout out a few of your guesses. Shula's top 10. Belichick is top 10. McVay is 12th, excluding the guy from the 1920s. Actually, I guess he would be 11th if we exclude a couple guys from the 20s. Tomlin is right around the top 15. So you've had some good guesses. Schottenheimer is actually down at 31, including all people all time. Um, Jimmy Johnson. Nope. Okay. Uh, I, I like my chances with this one. I'll throw it Tom Flores. No. Man. <laughs> Brian Billick. No. John Harbaugh. No. Although Jim Harbaugh is fourth. That's who I meant. Oh. John Harbaugh is also in the top 30, though. This is, this is excruciating. I will shout out Sean McDermott, 41st all time. Can you give me, a, um, can you give me like a point of reference time-wise? Like, uh, give me pre or post-1970. Well, both, but mostly post. Oh, uh, Bill Walsh. No. Let's see. Where is Bill Walsh on this list? He is down at 32. I'm Coughlin. <laughs> no. <laughs> Was he coaching pre-1970? I don't know. <laughs> Tom Coughlin is he is 73rd dude John Madden boom there it is it's John Madden 103 and 32 in his career 76% winning he's a solid 2% above second place Vince Lombardi at 73.8 and then George Allen is third Harbaugh is fourth and uh, that's kind of the key guys up there so very well done I'm a fool, bro. Just like you with Marvin Barnes. I literally told myself, go Flores, then Madden, because they're both Raiders guys. I was thinking. I was very surprised when you said Flores and didn't say Madden. I almost told you to stick with that thinking, but I thought that would make it too obvious. Either way, I'm glad I got it. All right, Carson. Can you name the three players in NBA history who have averaged 20 points off of the bench for an entire season? Lou Williams. Correct. He did it twice, 2018-2019. All right. Did Jay Crossover ever do it? I'm going to guess Jamal Crawford, but I actually don't think he did. Jay Crossover, I believe, was fifth on this list, just missing off of it. Mm. Manu Ginobili. Interesting guess. Uh, Manu was, like, stupid close. I think he put up 18 in a few seasons. He uh, is not here, though. Okay. Got it. So uh, let's think a little further back. Great sixth men in history. Oh, I don't know if they'll have the data on this, but John Havlicek 100% did it. All right, so Havlicek did not pop up uh, as an answer. but That's probably because they didn't keep track of games started until like the 70s, I think. But I'm pretty confident that he would have done it. But let's think post that era. Great sixth men of all time. We literally did a best sixth men of all time episode. So 
I'm going to get this. I will get this if it is the last thing I do. Now, who was at the top of that list for me is the important question here. I'm trying to think. Oh, man, what was the name of that dude who got buckets for the Sonics in the late 80s? Not Dale Ellis, the dude who came off the bench. Is he on the list? He is not. Oh, okay. I'm not going to waste my time on that then. Really? I thought he would be. So I'll, I'll give you the years, Carson, because they happened consecutively. Mm, okay. So 89 and 90. Okay. I guess I'll throw Detlef Schrempf out there. It is not Detlef. That is an excellent guess, though. Okay. Oh, man. I know who these guys are, I feel like. We've, I think, I know one of these guys has been an answer to a trivia time question in the past on, okay. I think, six men. Well, that's what I'm thinking about because, like, we literally did a pod on this. So I don't know how they could just totally escape me. I want to give context too. Off the bench in 92, Shrimp put up 17.3. So that was a really close cut. Okay. I know who I was thinking of for the Sonics. I was thinking of Eddie Johnson, but it's not Eddie Johnson. You told me I was wrong. <laughs> did Never he not actually do it. it for the Sonics? No, I take it back. Eddie Johnson did it. Okay. <laughs> And then um, he put up 21.5 and 89. Um, the guy did it in the following year. And no, he didn't. Yeah, that's the reason that I said he didn't do it with the Sonics was because he did it with the Suns. Okay. Got it. Well, now that I'm thinking about green teams, I'm 98% sure I've got the other one. I think it's Ricky Pierce. Correct. Let's go. What a clutch pull. All right. I was so mad. I don't know why it took so long for their names to come to me. Cause those are not difficult names to pull. Great question. I don't know if I would have gotten that had we not done that sixth man episode however many months ago, but we did. And that builds knowledge, baby. So, all right. Good to be back on the horse with that one. All right, Logan. This one is a true or false for you. True or false. Gunnar Olszewski averaged more yards per punt return this year than Devin Hester ever did in an individual season. Uh, <laughs> Gunnar was good this year, man. <laughs> Dude, this can't be true, right? Bum, bum, I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel like you'd, I don't feel like you'd ask this if it wasn't true. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, Gunner did it, and it's true. It's true. He was at 17.3 this year. Hester's best ever season was 17.1. So there you have it. That's that doesn't make any sense, but what doesn't? Hey, man, Bill Belichick may not know how to draft offense anymore, but he can sure draft some special teams, guys. Props to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, being able to draft defense, Carson, defensive players of the year are traditionally known for their ability to force turnovers, but can you name the defensive player of the year that averaged the most turnovers per game in their winning season? This is a great question. So my first thought is that it would be a guard, and there's only a handful of guards who have ever done it. It's Jordan, it's Peyton, it's Moncrief, it's Alvin Robertson. And I know that there's one more guy who's not coming to me right now, but whatever. We'll start with that. I'm going to guess Gary Payton off the bat. 
So it's funny, of those guys that you mentioned, Gary Payton is the only one in the top five. So uh, he had 3.2 in his winning season in 96. All above him, though, uh, none of them are guards. So terrible thinking by me on that one. Okay, so who is it going to be then? Let's think 21st century first, I guess. Oh, Kevin Garnett, I'm going to throw out there. Uh, Garnett is an interesting guess. He is not top five, though. Interesting. I just thought maybe because he had so much ball handling responsibilities, but now that I'm thinking about it, his depoy season was 08 in Boston, and he wasn't in nearly the same role, so that actually wasn't a very good guess. Okay. Other than that, 2000s, 2010s, I don't know, man. It's a bunch of guys like... Ben Wallace and Dikembe and Marcus Camby, and none of those dudes are going to be turning the ball over, I hope. So now let's think about a great two-way player. I'm actually going to guess Akeem. Akeem is an excellent guess. He is in third uh, in 94 with 3.4 per game. Um, So there's only two names left. There's uh, same guys in second and fourth, and then the one spot is uh, a guy by himself. I'm going to guess David Robinson. Another good guess that is not David Robinson, though. Okay. Because now I'm just thinking, who are the two-way superstars? I thought Akeem was a pretty solid way to go about it. Okay. Let's think about 80s depoys. Hmm. Nobody is standing out to me. I keep thinking about the 90s because that was the era of the dominant bigs as far as modern basketball goes. But Ewing never won a depoy. Shaq never won a depoy. Um, so I want to give some credit to some of your other guesses. Robertson was in seventh with 3.1 along with okay. Jordan. They are tied for that spot. David Robinson is down here at the 15 spot, okay. uh, putting up 2.7 a night. So you've been close with some of these. Um, and funnily enough, Carson, all of them, uh, the fourth spot, the second spot, and the first spot are all in the 21st century. Really? Okay, well, then I got to get this. Man, it can't be Ben Wallace, can it? Okay, good. No, it's not Ben Wallace. All right, so let's think 2010s. It's not going to be Kawhi. It's not going to be Rudy Gobert, that's for sure. Ooh, Draymond Green. Good guess. Uh, Draymond is not up here, though. Really? I thought a lot of ball Draymond is possibilities uh, for that, man. I mean, and, and it's not the worst line of thinking. He's 18th here at 2.4 in 2017, okay. but not in the top five. Well... It's not going to be Tyson Chandler, I'll tell you that much. Mm. Why are you... Were you making some sort of face there? It's not Tyson Chandler. Dude, I overreact when I think I get a hint, all right? (laughs) I can guess some very irrational things when I think I have a hint. I don't know. It's nobody that I've named thus far? No. Man. I wish I had every single depoy ever in my head like I do for MVPs and finals MVPs. Is it Dwight? This is tough, man. Dwight is at fourth and second for 2010 and 2011, averaging 3.3 and 3.6. We are still missing that number one spot. Man, I don't know. Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul is actually top 25 as well. He's 21st with two a night. That's demoralizing. 
I hate having four of the top five and not having this guy. One. I've taken forever this to guy, get here. This guy had so many like ball handling responsibilities this year. Really? All right. Come on, Carson. It's gonna it's gonna go off like a light. I'll give you about ten seconds. So a depoy wing is who we're talking about here. I'm getting the countdown, but I don't think the countdown's gonna get me there. No, I'm saying that the countdown's yeah, it's gonna light's okay. just gonna go off in your head. You're gonna get it. I wish, but I don't think so. A man who had to do it all for his team and also one depoy. 21st century. 21st century. Not a guard. Not LeBron James because he never won depoy. I'm just thinking, who are the best players of the 21st century? Not Kevin Durant, obviously. Carson, dude. I'm not doing very well on this episode. I'm not going to lie. Who am I missing? We will literally, like, we will not go to the next question until you get this guy. All right. I'm going to see if I can just get the depoy. How many depoys am I missing from the 21st century? (laughs) Not many. Yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. I mean, like, the only other guy that you're describing that isn't this guy is, like, Metal World Peace. Man. Guy who's like Meta, but not Kawhi. So I already said him. I mean, like, this guy's way better than Meta ever was, but. Post 2000, man? Dude. I'm in pain. I'm in suffering right now. Bro. I just don't Carson, know. Right what, do I, now. what do I what do, what do I think of Terry Rozier, man? You think he's an underrated bucket? Who's an underrated bucket of the two thousands? That's not Danny Granger. <laughs> Look at you overthinking this again, man. A hornet? No. An underrated bucket. <laughs> Bro, I'm so demoralized. I don't even want to guess. Dude, I like how my hints always throw you off way harder than they're supposed to. It has nothing to do with his bucket getting abilities. I just I just think about it, man. Just What do you think of Terry Rogier? He's a cool cat. No, no. I wanted you to say those words specifically, though. Underrated bucket. <laughs> you wanted me to say underrated bucket? <laughs> I'm dying over here, bro underrated bucket that's what his name sounds like dude i give up all right i give up i can't do this anymore my brain is at the point where i'm not going to be able to get there i said underrated bucket because i wanted you to say buck and then that eventually leads you to Giannis antetokounmpo who averaged 3.7 turnovers per game in his 2020 depoy campaign Sheesh. Take, let's, let's take some fans of Nerd Sesh. Let's take some deep breaths here. Get back centered on track. Get our brains refreshed. Maybe go get a glass of water. Literally last year. Literally the last year. 
And I'm talking about Marcus Camby <laughs> and thinking, hmm, did Ben Wallace ever do it? Oh, my God. I'm a fool and a fraud. This is the worst I've ever performed in trivia time. Great. And we're like not even halfway done. So I guess that means I have time to recover, but oh my God. Okay. Logan, since 2000, five players have had multiple 17 sack seasons. Who are they? Strahan. Yep. Watt. Yep. Okay. That's two. Um, how many total did you say? Five? Yep. I'll go Jared Allen. Nope. Ooh. Um, what about Julius Peppers? Nope. How about uh, DeMarcus Ware? DeMarcus Ware, yes. Let's go Von Miller. Nope. Mm. Uh, I don't think Khalil Mack's done it, but I'll throw him out there. Not Khalil. Okay. Uh, um, a little more. This is a weird one. I don't think it's right. I'll go Sean Merriman. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, come on, come on. Uh, Jason Taylor? Nope. All good guesses, all great pass uh, rushers of the era, obviously. Uh, John Abraham. Nope. Man, Abraham has to be close, though. Let us see. Uh, I'll go Dwight Freeney. Nope. Abraham mm. has a bunch of great seasons, but actually never got to 17. Career high was 16 and a half. Aaron Campman? Nope. All right, I'll give you a hint. One of the guys is active. Um, this is throwing me for a loop. Uh, Mathis. Nope. <laughs> uh, I assume he's got to be up there in age or something, or am I just blanking on... Oh, is it... Go ahead. Be upset that you're going to get a question right. Is it? Is it? It's Aaron Donald, bro? No. I thought you were going to get it there. No, it's not. Donald only has one such season. Dude, who am I? Who am I missing? Oh, I got to be spacing on somebody big time. Oh, is it Chandler Jones? Yep. So one to okay. go. Okay. All right, can you give me, is it pre or post 2010? Both. He played in both eras. I mean, the years specifically, though. I think one is before, one is after. They might both be post, actually. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to throw a weird one. No, in. one I'll... is before, one is after. No, that, 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 that guess would make sense. I was going to say Clay Matthews. Clay came into the league in 2009. That literally wouldn't make sense. Um, Clay. Julius Peppers. You've already guessed that. <laughs> no. Sorry, dude. I got back to him because I was like, he makes a little too much sense. Dang. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lance Briggs? Definitely not Lance Briggs, no. Lamar Woodley. Nope. <laughs> Woodley over Harrison when I know Harrison didn't even do it. What am I doing? <sighs> Elvis Doomerville. Boom. There it is. Doomerville did it twice in 2009, and then I believe in 2015 as well. So you got there. It took a lot of guesses. Man, I was sweating on that one. It was actually 2009 and 2014. But yes, for the Broncos and then for the Ravens. Crazy. Another great question, Carson. And I have got a, uh, 
a wins question for you. Excluding lockout years, yeah. what finals winning team had the lowest amount of regular season wins? Okay. Well, my first thought is the 75 Warriors, but I also think about the 78 Bullets because they're both in the 40s, but I think it's the 75 Warriors. That's incorrect. Okay. My next guess will be the 78 Bullets. Look at that. First try. Carson <laughs> Brebber knocks it down. Um, yeah, you identified two of the biggest dogs. Uh, 78 Bullets, 44 wins. Warriors are in third from 75 with 48 wins. The 95 Rockets are in second place with 47, mm. followed up by the 77 Blazers with 49, and the 79 Sonics and 06 Heat with 52. I wanted you to get that one first try, Carson. I'm glad you did. As am I. All right, Logan, here's a question for you. Who holds the record for the most consecutive games played in NFL history? Brett Favre. Nope. It's going to be something dumb like a kicker, I bet. Is, 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 am I, is my thinking correct? Your thinking is correct. I mean, it's got to be like Adam Vinatieri then, right? Nope. Um, Morton Anderson. Nope. Shane Leckler. No. Here's the thing. This guy's not even an all-time great, really, I wouldn't say. <laughs> Chandler Catanzaro. No. He's a two-time Pro Bowl punter. Punter. Okay. Um, Andy Lee. No. Uh, Brian Mormon. No. I mean, this is fun. This is right up my alley, man. I can guess kickers and punters all day. Um, the special teams guys, not even an all-time great, but he's a two-time pro bowler. Um, all right, let's think of some old heads. Is it uh, – oh, what's his name? Like Scott Player? No. What, uh, what era? Pre-2000, post-2000? Well, <laughs> oh, Logan, okay, whatever, whatever. Record, I, yeah, yeah. 1988 to 2009, how about that? What? Yeah, dude, he has the record for most consecutive games played. And it's not Morton Anderson. No. It's a punter who... Tom Tupa? No. What the hell was playing from 88 to 09? Um, John Carney? No. He's a kicker. What am I doing? He's a punter. Yeah, I know. I was saying that... I, oh, I don't right, know why yeah, I guessed yeah, him. Yeah. He's a kicker. Mm-hmm. Although Carney okay. actually played 88 to 2010. Just missed a couple games in there. I mean, like the 09 factor plays in, like, I should get this guy 100%. Who was that guy for the. Uh, I'm going to guess Jason Hansen. Jason Hansen played as a kicker for the Lions. Great guess, buddy. Um,. Damn, dude, this is rough. Jason Hansen, though, a... fun fact, has the record for most consecutive games with one team. In Detroit? What, like 17 mm -hmm. straight seasons? Yeah. More than that, I think, even. Dude, I'm just going through old kicker. Like, I'm getting to Shane Graham and Jason Elam right now, um, and they're all kickers. I don't know why I'm just... I can't think of a punter right now. Um, all right, man, lay it on me. Who is it? The answer is Jeff Fiegels, 
who played in 321 straight games for the Pats, the Eagles, the Cards, the Seahawks, and the Giants. Logan, could you have gotten it? I'm not. I mean, like, I know who Jeff Eagles is. I'm not stressing mm-hmm. Jeff. It's weird because you think about in basketball, obviously, A.C. Green famously holds the record. In baseball, Cal Ripken Jr., even I know that, and I really don't know much about baseball otherwise, other than that they play with a bat and a ball, but not so legendary in football probably because it's held by a punter. As I think <laughs> that record's always going to be held by a uh, special team. Yeah. Great, great question, Carson, and I'm going to warn you. This question that I'm about to ask you is designed to make you angry. Oh, good, because I've been on such a roll today. I, w- I need to be taken down a peg. I'm not saying it's like I will give you a whatever you need because this guy's pretty obscure, but I think you can get him because I know you know who this is. So, okay. Since the stats started being tracked in 2014, who has the, sing- uh, the highest single-season mark for catch-and-shoot threes? Minimum two attempts a night. And everybody else on this list, I don't know, you would kind of at least to expect to be in this vicinity. All right, I'm just going to start guessing random shooters then. Gary Neal. I love the enthusiasm. That is, that is where we need, we need to be in the Gary Neal range. <laughs> All right. Patty Mills. Keep it going. All right. Let's think. Just good shooters who are not that relevant since 2014. Bryn this guy Forbes. did it. <laughs> Another great guess. Um, this guy did it in 2016. 2016. Okay. All right. Man, there's just so many options. So many dudes can shoot the ball these days. What's the number that he actually shot? 54.5% on 2.3s and uh 2.3 three-pointers uh a night Sheesh. and he played he played in 43 games this season. Played in 43 games. It's not Seth Curry, correct? It's funny that you mentioned Seth. He led in 2019 and in 2020, but it is not Seth. 43 games to make your mark on the game of basketball forever. I don't know. Was Jose Calderon still around? Yeah, Calderon was around. He wasn't doing a lot. He was on like the Cavs bench. Okay. I was just wondering if maybe he could sharpshoot enough to get on there. Let me see. I wonder. I don't. I don't think this guy is currently on a team. I think he's a free agent. But let me confirm. Okay. Man, James Jones. Again, like I, I like the. This guy went to VCU. Wow, I wish that, that helped me. Um, last season uh, he played last year with the Lakers and the Nuggets. Troy Daniels. Let's go. The Troy Daniels poll, yes, 54.5%. The next closest guy is actually two of them. Buddy Heald in 2018 with 50.2, and Joe Harrison this season with 50.2. Uh, other guys who have led the league uh, since the stats started being tried, Kyrie Irving in 2017 and Kyle Korver in 2015 and 2014. Troy Daniels, though, the highest catch-and-shoot mark ever in NBA history for a single season. Okay, I just looked up James Jones's stats. He wouldn't qualify because he only played 20 games this year, but in 2013-14, he shot 52% from three. So I don't know what that was from off the catch as well, but all right, there we go. A little bit of helping hand, told me exactly what teams he was on, but there was no way I would have gotten that otherwise. So I appreciate it. All right, Logan. So I asked you an earlier question about a specific defensive achievement. Here's another one. Eight players in NFL history have posted a five-sack, five-interception season. Can you name the five guys to do it this century? (laughs) 
This is tough. All around great players. All right. Um, I'll throw out like Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis actually has never done it. Very logical guess, though. I mean, I got to think they're mostly linebackers. I can't really see a predominant like edge guy getting the, the sack totals when I can see a linebacker uh, from the inside doing it. Um, maybe an outside guy kind of done it. Let's throw out, um, I don't know, it's Keo Spikes. Nope. Brian Erlocker. Brian Erlocker did it. Very good. 2007, he had exactly five of each. What about uh, James Farrier? No, not Farrier. Uh, Luke Keekley. Mm-mm, another good guess. Uh, B-Wags, Bobby Wagner. Nope. Man. Okay, uh, any, anybody from the safety spots? Yes, in fact. Uh, Troy Palomalo. Nope. Ed Reed. No. Uh, Dawkins. No. Man. Somebody did Another it. Another guy uh, in John, that era, though. John Lynch. No. In that era. Uh, Adrian Wilson. Mm-mm. In fact, there's two DBs from this era, pretty much. Champ Bailey. No. I, I don't know why I threw Champ out there. Um, all right, let's think. Uh, Derek Brooks. No. Lots of Other good guesses, safe- though. Other safeties. Um, yeah, you have two safeties and two linebackers left. And they're all, like, they're pretty much all all-time? or like The two linebackers are much more recent. Interesting. Shazier. No. Man, the safeties is what's throwing me off because I feel like I've guessed a lot of um, good safeties in that era. I'll throw out Roy Williams. No. Roy wasn't good for long, but he could he could hit stick a dude. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was about to say Jarris Bird. I don't know what I'm doing anymore, man. Shout out, though. Dante Whitner? Mm-mm. Uh, outlook not so good, man. I'm struggling. Adam Archuleta. Two years ago, no. I gotta think it's gotta be linebacker. Um, sheesh, man. The linebackers are the recent guys. I mean, I don't think TJ did it, did he? No. All right, dude. I'm. This question's beating me up, man. Who is it? All right. So the five are Rodney Harrison in 2000, who had six and six. Sean Springs in 04, who had six sacks and five picks. Erlocker, who you got in 07. Levante David in 2013, who had seven sacks and five picks. Darius Leonard in 2019, who had five and five. There was going to be a bonus question about who is the only guy in NFL history to do it twice, but I honestly thought that was too tough. I'll tell you, though, Wilbur Marshall did it in 86 with the Bears and in 91 with Washington. I wouldn't have gotten that. That's an excellent question, though. Um, I am kicking myself at not getting Levante or Darius because mm-hmm. when I said Derek Brooks, I was thinking of Levante because I thought he could mm-hmm. be an option, yeah. and Darius crossed my mind, too. Great question, though. Um, although you. I will say, Carson, I've got another frustrating one, but I'll give you a hint here. Great. This guy, this guy's literally already been an answer to a question on this episode. So, okay. All right. 
Kawhi, Damian Lillard, and Stephen Curry have all led the league in points per possession as a pick-and-roll ball handler since the stats started being tracked in 2016. Can you tell me the other player who led the league in that category in 2017 and was a runner-up to Steph in 2016? Wow, crazy efficient guy. Okay. And he's a guy that you bring up often, man. Like we've, we've had some conversations about this guy this year. He's not as good as he once was, but... Lou Williams. Never mind. Is that correct? That's it. Okay, we'll move right. on. There we go. Good feeling. I mean, obviously, a massive hint helped get me there. But, yeah, man, at his best, one of the dirtiest pick-and-roll scorers there was in basketball, no question. All right, good to have a quick one under the belt here. Logan, which running back topped 1,200 yards in consecutive seasons in 2004 and 2005 for the Broncos and Browns? And I asked this question just because it's a super random guy who I had never heard of but had great back-to-back seasons. Uh, what years again? 04 for the Broncos, 05 for the Browns. Ruben Drowns. Boom. There you go. It is indeed Ruben Drowns. And a very brief prime, only had one more season with 758 yards that was really relevant besides these two, but you got it right off the bat. Tell me about Ruben Drowns and his wonderful career. What do you remember? God bless ESPN NFL 2K5 for informing me about <laughs> Ruben Drowns. You know, he's a pretty high overall in that game. Um, honestly, dude, it was the team's thing. Like, when you say Broncos running backs in that era, I just kind of thought of, like, Clinton Portis. And then uh-huh. after him, the only two other guys that are really memorable from that era are Drowns and then, like, Mike Bell. So, right. uh, crazy. I never even knew he put up uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, though. 1,200-yard seasons. Impressive. He was carrying those offenses, too. Um These guys were a lot less efficient on offense, Carson. Can you name all three of the three-point era All-NBA team selections that averaged 10 points per game or less? I love this. All-NBA selections averaging 10 points per game or less. Okay. Dikembe Mutombo. Correct, in 2001. Ben Wallace. Correct. He was on All-NBA teams from 02 to 06, never over 10 points per game. That's ridiculous. And one more and guy. Go. Yep. One more guy. 10 points per game is a really low bar. Like, obviously, Kid would never dip below that. I don't even think Rondo ever dipped below that. I don't know if Rondo was ever all NBA. I would think maybe in 11 12, he probably was because that was a great season, but I don't actually remember. Less than 10. Not Gobert recently. Draymond has never been all NBA while posting those kind of numbers too. And so now we just got to keep digging. I feel like this guy has to be a depoy too. Is that correct? I mean, really good uh, defensive player. I, oh, maybe not. Yeah, I believe he, I mean, no, I think I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that he won one uh, in the past. Okay. I just don't know if it was these years specifically. Let me confirm. Right. No, that's not what I meant. I just meant at some point. Okay. All NBA. That's a pretty high mark, man. Uh, I was going to guess DeAndre Jordan, but there's no way he was actually scoring that little when he did it. Ah, who else? I just keep thinking of the same dudes from the earlier question. I think like Tyson Chandler and Marcus Camby. I don't think they were ever all NBA, though. I think, I think just a little further back. A little further back. All right. 1990s, baby. In the greatest era of centers, a man came out of it all, averaging less than 10 points per game and reaching all NBA teams. 
Maybe it wasn't a center, though. I don't know why I'm so fixated on that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I'm struggling to think of who it would be. This is such a weird guess. This guy was never a depoy. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say Anthony Mason, but... <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, just a really good player who didn't need to score a bunch to impact the game, but definitely scored over 10 a game. I think he had one All-NBA season. Maybe not, though. Wasn't that, who Biggie's, uh, wasn't that who Biggie was with, man? I don't know. You would know better than I. Yeah, I got a story to tell. Shout out, uh, shout out Biggie and Ant Mason. Um, you are in the right era, obviously, 1990s, but I think mm-hmm. you're... Dude, just think of... <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to... You got this, bro. You know this guy. Mark Eaton. No. Okay. See, obviously... Would have been under 10 points per game, but I guess was never all NBA. That makes sense. Fun fact, he did it with two different teams. Really? What a beast. And not to Kembe. Did you figure out if he ever won a depoy? He's won two. One, two. Okay, there we go. Now we're talking. So the multiple time depoys in NBA history, not Akeem. He's a two time depoy. Did this with two different teams. Dennis Rodman. Ding, 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 ding. He did it there with the go. Pistons in 92. He was All-NBA. And then uh, with the Spurs, funnily enough, he was not an All-Star that year with San Antonio. Ended up being All-NBA, putting up uh, like 19 rebounds a game. Just stupid on the glass. But uh, you get all of them, Carson. Pretty impressive. All right. There we go. Not so bad. Logan, this question is impossible. All right. So just do your best. But this is the impossible question. Seven players led Carson Palmer-led teams in receiving throughout his career. Now, I've done this question with some all-time greats. I've done it with some modern guys. Now we are taking the average quarterback from the past as well. But, Logan, who were they? I love this. Um, give, me, give me Ocho Cinco. Correct. Four times. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine Gresham? No. Jerome Simpson? Mm-mm. Uh, Terrell Owens? Yes, one time. Okay, uh, there's another guy that I'm thinking of that was with, uh, I, I just, his name's got to come to me. He was with Carson back in like 2003 to 2005. Everybody thought he was going to be like, oh, what's his name? Everybody, uh, Pete, was it was Peter? Um, is, that, is that one of the guy's names? No. Okay, then I'll just get off him, but I don't know. He was supposed to be the next great wideout. So have I gotten Ocho Cinco wasn't like his early formative years though, correct? Pretty much was. So he was from like from 03 to on. Yeah, right around that range. There's only one other Bengal. Okay, so the rest are gonna be Raiders and Cardinals. Um What was that guy's name? I'm gonna be mad if that's the Bengal that I'm missing out on, but I'll I'll go to the Raiders and the Cards. So the Cards, Fitzgerald, obviously. Um, correct? Correct, twice. Uh, how many more Cardinals? One more Cardinal, and then two Raiders, and one more Bengal. So you're making good progress. Okay, so one more Cardinal. Uh, Michael Floyd? Boom, twice. Okay, so we've got... Ugh, ugh. The Raiders. The Raiders um, are impossible. I will give you as much help as I can, but they're really hard. Like, Darius Hayward Bay? There's one of them. Come on. The next one is even much harder than that, though. 
I mean, dude, Hayward Bay was a stealer for a minute. He, terrible hands. Pretty uh, fast, though. Um, I know I know receivers from this era, though, for that bummy team. Let me think. I can see his face. Um, give me, can you give me a college? I will look it up. And then I, it or not, I don't have it off the top of my head. I think you'll get the Bengal. So if you could pull this off, it would be one of the most incredible things in trivia time history. College. All right. We are looking at a Oklahoma alum. Nope. That's the wrong guy. Excuse me. Same name. Second time I flicked on the wrong guy with the same name. Wait, did I just mess something up here? All right. I'm going to find my way to this answer. Hold up. Oh, um, is another Raider, is it Zach Miller? Not Zach Miller. Oh, I know okay. why. I put in the wrong name. Okay. So the college is actually Iowa. <laughs> I wish I could say that does help. Um, He's a tight end, if that helps. Okay, well, Iowa tight ends have been pretty good in the league. Um... He's not one of the better ones. <laughs> okay. Um, Charles Clay. No. Charles in charge, baby. Great Buffalo Bill. A Raiders tight end that's not Zach Miller. Uh, Mercedes Lewis. Mm-mm. Um, who else was there in Oakland? Do you remember this guy when he played there? No. Even though, Okay. Not really. Dude, I don't know. I'm running out of gas here. All right. Try to get the Bengals guy first. What? Can you give me the year? The year was, I believe, 08. But he was there uh, for a long time. Uh, Lavarnus Coles? No. He, was there he for led the entire time. league in catches one year, Logan. Very good player. Oh, is it um? Is it TJ Hujmanzada? It is TJ. I hate that guy. <laughs> no, dude, he wiped his he wiped his feet on the uh, on the terrible towel one year, and I remember that same year Carson Palmer tore his ACL in the uh, in the wild card game against Pittsburgh, and that was payback. That was the that was the towel uh, doing its thing. That seems like very fair retribution. An ACL for a towel. You don't disrespect the towel, Carson. I can see I your dry sarcasm through the camera. I would not dream of it. All right, okay. you want me to I'm, not getting, you I'm not getting these other. I'm not getting these other guys. It's only one, dude. You got oh, six okay. out of seven, which is honestly one of your better overall performances. Brandon Myers is the one guy who's missing. <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah, Brandon Myers. That can't be a real stat, bro. And you know what's funny? I put his name in wrong because I blended him and Denarius Moore, who were their top two this year. And who remembers either of those guys? Not many people. Nobody. Um, speaking of people that uh, nobody remember, what Magic teammate of Tracy McGrady's averaged the most points per game beside him in a playoff run? Mm. If you get this, Carson, I'll, I don't know, man. I'll bake you a cake or something. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not again. Um... 
<laughs> Dude, they this were one's rough. So bad in these years. I mean, it's obviously not Grant Hill because that would be a very easy answer. It's not Grant Hill, right? It's it's not Grant Hill. Boy, I wish it was. Ooh, come on. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to say in the 03 season, T-Mac carried like one of the worst rosters to 42 wins, and he scored his 32.5 points per game that year. And I know who the second leading scorer was because I referenced it in the thing I did about why Russ's MVP was the worst ever, talking about the historical precedent of not rewarding guys who just drag teams to be mediocre, no matter how incredible they were individually. I don't know if it's still going to be that guy, but, oh man, what is that guy's name though? Um, let's see. I mean, the second regular season leading scorer on this team was Mike Miller. Okay. So um, what year is it then? That was 2003. The, uh, the year that he did it in was uh, the year previous in 02. Okay. Oh, man. This is so hard. If I can just summon that name, I can at least put up a good guess. <laughs> and a good guess would be enough for me to be happy with. Yeah, this, this is a brutal question. I need to maximize my neurological capabilities right now <laughs> and summon in me no matter the fatigue no matter how tired clear eyes full hearts can't lose who is it though because i'm not close right now all i can think about is that i'm pretty sure the dude in my mind sucked <laughs> you you'd oh, be correct man. Oh, man, this is so brutal. Come on. Just think, Carson. Think about the name you wrote down for the thing about how bad his teammates were. Man. Who was it? I don't even know what. Pat Garrity? Is that who I'm thinking of? Dude, you at least pulled a teammate from this squad, and yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you for that. He put up 10.7 points per game in 03. The guy, uh, <laughs> do you want Pat Gary to be, your, uh, to be your final answer? Honestly, I'm fine with that guess. I'm pretty sure that's who I was thinking of. So the leaders in 01 and 02 were the correct answers. It was Daryl Armstrong, who averaged oh. 15.3 points per game. 03, interestingly enough, Drew Gooden, a rookie Drew Gooden, uh, averaged the most points per game uh, in the playoffs wow. alongside T-Mac with 14. Wow. Who knew? All right, Logan. So we are now in the home stretch here. Let's knock these last couple out of the park. So very straightforward question. Who is the oldest quarterback in NFL history to start a game? Warren Moon. So close. He is third. He was George 44. Blanda. George Blanda, no. He played until he was 48, but he didn't play at quarterback for many of those years. Randall Cunningham. Nope. Then there's only a few guys left that I can think of, and I can only think that you'd serve up a Vinny Testaverde question on this trivia time. So close. He's literally second. Is it a nerd says favorite in Steve DeBerg? It is Steve DeBerg, Logan. Steve DeBerg. You got it. That's one of the better pulls ever. 
at 44 years old, the oldest quarterback in NFL history to start a game. And you also got second and third place, fourth place, Tom Brady at 43, but you nailed it. As I mentioned earlier, when you don't know on a QB question, you throw out Steve DeBerg and hope it hits. There you go, man. And it paid off in a big way. That's how you frame a podcast. All right, Carson. <laughs> Dwight Howard led the NBA in blocks in 09 and 10. Serge Ibaka led the NBA in blocks per game in 2012 and 2013. Who split the two and led the NBA in blocks per game in 2011? 2011 blocks per game leader. Not Tyson Chandler. It is not Tyson Chandler. Okay. <laughs> Not, this would be too early for DeAndre Jordan. Just thinking of other great shot blockers. Funnily enough, it's not too early for DeAndre Jordan. Um, He was, I believe, ninth on this list. Oh, okay. Interesting. So he's at least up there. Who else? Like this guy was, this guy's always been pretty good. Just not really what I think of a, uh, when I think of premier shot blockers, not really a guy that comes to mind. Have I said his name on this episode? I don't think so. Okay. Cause I'm just trying to think I've named so many defensive centers of this era. Kind of 2011 Andrew Bogut. Look at that. Andrew Bogut is the correct answer. Let's go. Uh, he, he put up 2.6, following him up, another former Warriors center, JaVale McGee, followed by the guys who led in the two years previous, Surge and Dwight Howard. At number five on this list as well, Darko Milicic. Wow. What did Darko put up? Two, uh, two a night in 69 games. Unbelievable. All right, there we go. That's a good pull. All right, Logan, this is now your last regular question. Honestly, I wish I had ended with the Steve DeBerg one because that was such a great pull, but I didn't know if you would get it. So here it is. Despite making only one Pro Bowl and having zero All-Pro appearances, this 21st century running back led the league in rushing touchdowns twice. Who is he? Sorry, can you repeat that one more time? So this guy only made one Pro Bowl. He was never an All-Pro, but he led the league in rushing touchdowns twice. Hmm. And it's a 21st century running back. Mike Allstott. Nope. I mean, I got to think it's a a goal line. I mean, I, I think it's a goal line back um, that was used in those situations, but I'm overthinking this. Um, it's not Jerome, right? No. Led the league in rushing touchdowns twice. Who are some? Uh, let's go Amon Green. Not Amon Green. I'll tell you, he was not as good as these guys you're naming. Okay, so let's get a little more obscure. Um, and you want to know what's even weirder? His only Pro Bowl season was not either of these years. <laughs> of course it was. Um, man. Can you give me the two years he led the league in rushing? The two years were 2008 and 2015. I mean, I think I know who it is now, but that's weird. I I think it's Mike Tolbert. It's not Mike Tolbert. I love how you're going for the fullbacks here. 
Dude, Mike Tolbert was a beast for literally like, I don't know, those two those two seasons it felt like. I'll go um Jonathan Stewart. Nope. D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, Logan. There it is. He had 18 and 08 and then was tied for the lead with 11 in 2015 with three other guys in what was kind of an interesting season. Only had 11, but did it for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I was going to say, D'Angelo was awesome that you're filling in for Le'Veon. I didn't know he had 18, though, in 08. Yeah. That is... And over 1,500 yards. Not a pro bowler, though. The next year, he was a pro bowler. Really overlooked uh, running back, really, from that era. So do I have do I have two left for you, or am I supposed to have one left for you? Well, you should have one left. But if you have two, I'll take them both. Then we'll run with the two. All I right. have a pretty <laughs> simple one for you here. Who is leading the NBA in three-point percentage this year, Carson? Oh, dude. Uh, I should be able to get this. So it was Joe Harris for a lot of the year. It was Seth Curry for part of the year. Who is it now, though? Somebody has surpassed them. Oh, man. I really should know this. This guy... um. It doesn't play nearly as much as the rest of them, uh, but he's played in 37 games this year. I almost said Kyle Guy, but that's stupid. Kyle Guy's actually been pretty inefficient this year. I wish Kyle Guy could shoot like that. Yeah. Dude, every time I see him, he just balls out. But I bet he's probably like actually shooting less than 30% from three. I'm going gonna, gonna to take the over on that. I hope so. That makes my first makes the fact that he even popped into my head look a little bit better, but I'm waiting on this anxiously. Better um, than Kyle 50%. Guy is shooting 32.3% from deep. Okay, there you go. Man. I really think I should know this. <laughs> I really, really should know this. He's played in 37 games. I bag on this dude when I see him, though. You hate him passionately. I don't hate him passionately, but he's just, he's a bum. Is it Garrison Matthews? <laughs> I guess it's not Garrison Matthews. He's got to be about 40, though. Oh, Garrison, he's wet, but that's all he can do. Man, in the 50s. I don't know. I'm just thinking of great shooters like Matt Thomas would pop into my head, but I think he's at like 42 or something. Matthews is at 40.4%. Um, the guy leading the NBA this season, Carson, 57.1%. Shut up. Bro, I need to get this. Because I feel like I know this somewhere deep inside. I feel like I know this. How many attempts has he had in total? I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, okay. He has got... This season, he's attempted 94. He's made 54. That's so stupid. Dude. I don't know. Who is just shooting laser beams like that? The Troy Daniels of this season, but maybe a little bit better. He's older than Troy, too. Like, this guy's been in the league a minute. Mm. I don't know. What position does he play? Small forward. Or, I don't know. Technically, they have him listed as a shooting guard this year, but okay. I, I think of him as a small forward. Okay. 
Damn, he started in 18 games too this year. Bro, I got to get this done. 57%? Are you kidding me? I'm going to be upset no matter what, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Who is it? It's Tony Snell. Dude, I'm actually going to die. I'm actually going to die. I'm actually going to perish because... Oh, my God, Logan. I knew that. I knew that. Because when Joe Harris was uprooted, it was by Tony Snell. When you said the thing about him starting, that should have occurred to me because he's been starting in Atlanta a decent amount. I'm a fool. And I don't deserve to be on this show anymore. And so with that, I'm going to hand in my letter of resignation. And it may seem a bit dramatic over missing Tony Snell. But dude, I knew there was a random guy who was missing in my head and I couldn't remember who it was. And it was Tony Snell. If there's any consolation, I mean, you named some of the other guys up here. Ingles is at 50 uh, sure on the I year. Did. That's great. Harris is at 48.5. Kennard is at 47.1. But above them all, the king of the three-pointer this year is Tony Snell. Oh, my God. This is my worst episode of Trivia Time ever. Whenever we made that compilation of you getting angry from last episode, I have been much angrier in this one. Okay, Logan. I guess I'll be the last one to answer a question this time for the first time ever, so that'll be exciting. But for now, your bonus question. Who was the quarterback for the 2005 Cleveland Browns? Sheesh. Oh, there's a myriad of names to go through here. Um, I will throw out the classic, and I know I'm going to get shut down right here. I'm going to throw out my man, Jeff Garcia. Not Jeff Garcia. Oh, Kelly Holcomb. No. Was 2003. Okay. We're logically moving through Browns quarterbacks. It's not Spurgeon win, correct? Oh, no. Okay. Um, 05 Browns. It's not Derek Anderson. He came in 2007. It is... I'm going to be mad if I don't get this guy, even though it is a horrible franchise with a horrible quarterback. It's not Brady Quinn, correct? No. Quinn was 06. I'm pretty sure Anderson was 07. So neither of those guys make much sense. Um, it's not Tim Couch. Couch was gone. God, they just went through. They just ate QBs mm -hmm. back in the day, man. Mm -hmm. Couch goes 02 to, or no, like 99 to 01. Holcomb takes over. After Holcomb, who is after Kelly Holcomb? It's not Garcia. When did Gar? Can you can you confirm that for? When did Garcia play for the Browns? Garcia was 04. Damn. So Garcia replaces Holcomb. Who follows Garcia? Who is the next man up in Cleveland? You have your track record correct thus far. Holcomb was 03. Garcia 04. Followed up by Quinn and um, Anderson. No, not quite. Quinn was actually 08 and 09, mostly oh. 09. And Anderson, uh, I think, was 07. I think you were right about that. Yeah, Anderson Man. was 07. They're one good year. And a little bit in 08 and 09, too. Actually, he basically started half the games in those seasons as well. Derek Anderson, the only Pro Bowl quarterback for the Browns in a very <laughs> long time. Does this, when you, I mean, like, considering maybe that if you think about this guy, do you think about him being with Cleveland? Absolutely not. Was he good anywhere else? Yes, kind of. 
Definitely better than most guys for this question. Logan is in the thinker position. Coming to conclusions about the world. Important conclusions. I'm just struggling to formulate thoughts about her names that played for the Browns. Man, why is it so tough, dude? I literally pulled Ruben Drowns out of my butt earlier in the episode because <laughs> of 2K5. Like, but I don't know the Browns quarterback. I'm surprised there's one guy who's not a right guess. It would be wrong, although he did start five games this year who you normally throw out there for the Browns you haven't thrown out. I mean, that doesn't help you because it would be the wrong answer, but just an observation. Man, dude, all I can think about right now is Colt McCoy and Brandon Whedon, and I'm... That's not going to do you any good. It's crazy, though, man. It's like there's a different one every year or two. And Deshaun Kaiser, and Cody Kessler, and Baker Mayfield, and Johnny Manziel, and Brian Hoyer, and Josh McCown, <laughs> and Robert Griffin III. And I'm thinking about all these dudes, and yet I cannot think about this one guy who played for them in 2005. Ugh. I am disgusted. I am utterly disgusted. <laughs> okay. Is it Charlie Fry? No, that's literally no, the guy I was talking no. about. That's the guy I was talking about who you always guess who started five games. It's not Charlie Fry. I need the college then. If you give me the college, maybe I'll be able to pull this one out. All right. Fresno State. Rats, man. Kind of a weird amount of relevant quarterbacks from Fresno State, honestly. Derek Carr. Um, David Carr. I should get this, man. Fresno State. What round was he drafted in? He was drafted in the first round. Of what with the year? Sixth, with the sixth pick. Dude. Of 1994. Dog, this is... Wow. Literally born in Aptos, California. Super small town where... Uh, my family posts up by the beach nearby a lot of my other family. Fun fact. Ilfer was a first pick, right? I'm not sure. It's not Trent Dilfer, right? Is that a guess? I'll guess Trent Dilfer. It is Trent Dilfer, and I was sure he was a first-round pick. I just didn't want to give it away to you, but boom, man. There you go. You got there. He got there. He was 4-7, and seven, threw 11 touchdowns to 12 picks, but he was the Browns' starting quarterback, and he got there. That's excruciating, man. What are your takeaways? Are you enthused, though, that you did get there? Yeah. Oh, I'm ecstatic that I got there, man. I've been beating <laughs> myself up all day, and I knocked on Dilfer. I don't know why. Like Somewhere in the back of my mind, I had the Fresno State-Dilfer connection, but also I've literally seen a top 10 where they ranked like uh, where they ranked quarterbacks and uh, – being successful in other situations, uh, the NFL Network did. Mm -hmm. And I remember them distinctly tying between Jeff Garcia and Dilfer's time with the Browns and how they were relevant additions to other playoff teams. Cleveland is just an abyss for quarterbacks. Uh -huh. Yeah, not a good wow. place to go. That, that was uh, brutalizing. But I, uh, I, Carson, actually have come up with one, and I think it's only right that you also get a bonus question moving forward about okay. where players were. 
So, Carson, can you tell me who the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics was in 2006? Jeez, Louise. I don't know. Eddie House. It's not Eddie House, but right, you know so this that's guy. That's a stupid guess. Um, Eddie House was on the Suns that year. You, uh, you should get this. I don't really think of him in Boston, but he's, he's one of your guys. One of my guys. Delonte West? I'm going to take that as I got it because he walked off. I quit. I quit trivia time. Dude, really? On my worst episode ever, I get one good pull and you quit? <laughs> I'm just mad that, I don't know, I didn't want to hold your hand on that one, but I felt like, uh, would you have gotten to Delonte West had I not said he was one of your guys? Do you remember him with the Probably. Celtics at all? Yeah, I do. I wouldn't have guessed him if I hadn't. Yeah, but. Whatever though, man, take your, take your win. I'm going to take my win. What an awesome player Delonte West was. Let's just talk about that for a minute. Oh, I'm just looking up his stats from this year. Yeah, what 11.8 a game, 4.6 assists, 49, 38 and a half, 85 splits. Come on, man. What a beast. Also, apparently doing better in his personal life. So that is good to hear because obviously was having a rough patch there for a little bit, but definitely a Carson Brebber favorite from my era of being obsessed with underrated guys. So with that, Logan. We wrap things up today. It was a grueling episode of Trivia Time, at least on my end, but honestly finished better than I started. So at least I can hold my hat with that. And so as always, you can check us out on Twitter at nerd underscore sesh and on Instagram at nerd sesh. You can check out a bunch of our YouTube content. I just did an entire video breaking down the most controversial MVP races since 2005 and picking who I thought was the deserved winner from each year. You can go ahead and check out Logan's recent video on why the Steelers can still win a Super Bowl with Big Ben there as well. You can always find us on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, wherever. We will not be doing a show this Wednesday, but we will still be doing our weekend NBA show Friday or Saturday. It remains to be determined when that will be, but probably Friday, and then it will air live on Blaze Radio Saturday as well. And with that, I have been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.